Welcome to Technology Transfer IP. Technology transfer is the process by which valuable research, skills, knowledge, and technology developed by educational institutions is transferred to industry for development and to products and services that will benefit society. From basic patent licensing to promoting startups, entrepreneurship, and industry collaborations, while also investing in and managing technology developments. We bring you conversations with the leaders in technology transfer who will share their stories, including their successes, challenges, and expectations for the future. Here's your host, Lisa Mueller. Hello and welcome. Today, I have the pleasure of speaking with Tatiana Litvin Vekniak, Associate Vice President of Innovation Ventures at Rutgers, the State University of New Jersey. Tatiana oversees the technology transfer group focused on the management of the intellectual property assets of the university in all areas, including life sciences, physical sciences, engineering, and agriculture. Under Tatiana's management, the group works closely with Rutgers researchers and innovators, academic and industry partners to manage intellectual property portfolios, support the development of, evaluate, market, and license new technologies and innovations. Tatiana has more than 18 years of experience in IP management and more than 13 years overseeing patenting and licensing related activities at Rutgers and other academic institutions. Prior to the merger of Rutgers University in 2013, Tatiana was the Associate Director of the Office of Technology and Business Development at UMDNJ. Prior to that, Tatiana was a Senior Licensing Associate at the Office of Technology Transfer and Business Development at Mount Sinai School of Medicine. Tatiana is an active member in various local and national professional organizations, speaks frequently about intellectual property and technology licensing, and has taught a course on commercializing innovations for the Rutgers Graduate School of Biomedical Sciences. Tatiana has a PhD in pharmacology from the Weill Cornell Graduate School of Medical Sciences, an undergraduate degree in biochemistry and molecular biology from Clark University, and is a registered patent agent with the U.S. Patent and Trademark Office. And with that extremely impressive background, welcome to the podcast, Tatiana. Thank you, Lisa. Happy to be here. Well, thanks so much again for taking part in the podcast, Tatiana. It's really great to have you here. And I generally like to start the podcast off by asking my guests about their journey to tech transfer. Can you tell us a little bit about your background and how you ended up in New Brunswick and at Rutgers? Sure, Lisa. Happy happy to do that. Um, so I've always wanted to be in science, um, except for a brief detour into uh, the world of art history. My whole family uh, was in STEM, except for the uncle um, in who was an artist, and maybe that's why the detour into art history. So initially, I was going to go into medicine. I was determined to be a doctor. And then I came across um, the issue of vasovagal nerve response and then segued into research. And research happened as a result of several role models that I came across um, as an undergraduate student at Clark University in Worcester, Massachusetts, um, I had a biochemistry professor, David Thurlow, who was really one of a kind. Um, so I did research in his lab as an undergraduate student and was then determined to go into graduate school, become a professor. So I moved on to Weill Cornell Medical College, um, 
did research as part of my uh, doctoral training there in the Department of Pharmacology. But then uh, while attending um, several of the career seminars, um, I came across the world of technology transfer. And that actually happened uh, because I met Sadna Chitali, who is um, at NYU. Um, and she, at the time, just just did that transition, I think, after a postdoc and into the world of tech transfer. And it just sounded like a perfect intersection between um, science and business and law and strategy and just really being at the cutting edge of, of research, which was absolutely fascinating to me. Um, so I still did a uh, postdoc at the Cancer Institute of New Jersey right here in New Brunswick at Rutgers. So that was my first um, experience at Rutgers University. At the time, it was actually University of Medicine Dentistry of New Jersey. Um, and uh, while I was doing a postdoc, I started consulting in the intellectual property space. And I, um, I actually did an internship at the tech transfer office and um, found it absolutely fascinating. I then segued into Mount Sinai School of Medicine and did a couple of years there. And at the time, the office was managed by Pat McGrath. It was going through a lot of transition and growth. It was a very interesting time, and it was very interesting to be um, at the office as it was re-envisioning itself. Um, there were still a lot of changes that happened since then, and it's a completely you know, different team in a different office, but we did a lot of really cool things while I was there. We started an internship program at Mount Sinai. And in fact, several of the people that went through the internship program and were in the office at the time are now all over tech transfer offices and uh, business development positions all over the world. And it's really, um, it's really great. And then I was pulled back into New Jersey, back into Rutgers at that time, still UMDNJ as an associate director at the tech transfer office. Um, it was closer to home, better work-life balance for me at the time with small children. And um, we then merged in with Rutgers University. And that's where a lot of growth and building um, as an opportunity came to me. And I've, I've been at Rutgers for nearly 13 years. The journey has been amazing. And again, uh, one of the amazing things for me has been the opportunity to build build on a vision of a tech transfer office um, that is viewed as a partner and as a doer um, instead of, you know, the red tape and barriers, um, as I think several years ago, maybe some tech transfer offices were viewed. Wow, that's an absolutely incredible journey. And um, I'm really curious for those of our listeners who may not be familiar with tech transfer and Rutgers Innovation Ventures, if you could tell us a little bit more about it and all this growth that's been going on. Sure. So Rutgers is a very large state institution um, in the state of New Jersey. We have over 66,000 students from all 50 states and more than 130 countries. We have three physical campuses and four chancellor units. We have close to 9,000 full and part-time faculty, close to 15,000 full and part-time staff. The research um, awards for fiscal year, just to sort of give you an idea of the scope of operation, um, for fiscal year 21 was um, over 900 million. So awards expenditures um, were 720 million. So at um, Innovation Ventures is part of the Office for Research at Rutgers. And the team, um, we're the team that manages the university-owned 
intellectual property that can be protected either through patents, copyrights, or trademarks. We work with faculty, staff, and postdoctoral fellows and graduate students. Uh, We also offer help to undergraduate students as may be needed. And the mission of the team is to partner with the Rutgers community to encourage deliberate innovation, protect and leverage Rutgers intellectual property, foster collaboration with industry and enable entrepreneurship. Wow, that uh, it sounds like there's quite a bit going on there, given the size of, of Rutgers. So I'm curious to learn a little bit more about your team and how your office is structured. So the team, when we're fully staffed, uh, we are um, about 28, 30 individuals. We are a very diverse team in terms of experiences and backgrounds and cultural backgrounds and languages. Um, You know, it's a really great team. But in terms of sort of the structure and the operation, so we have the IP team um, and the IP team is uh, mainly uh, paralegal folks that uh, work with outside law firms. And I'll talk about that a little bit more um, later. So. And they also uh, work with our innovators within Rutgers, making sure sort of the trains run on time and the operation is really efficient. We also have a um, a patent attorney who drives the strategy um, internally for prosecution or you know overcoming office actions as um, issues may come come about. We also have the licensing team. So that's a team about uh, about nine to ten uh, professionals with uh, various technical backgrounds, and they're the team that does the evaluation of notices of innovation. They do the marketing and business development uh, once we decide to move forward with patenting. They do the agreement negotiation. They do a lot of the alliance management post agreement signature, and there's a lot of ongoing innovator mentoring and education. And that's really the team that's responsible for that. We also have the New Ventures team. And the New Ventures team is a team that provides a suite of services uh, related to startup creation. Um, So they help with um, introductions um, to investor networks, uh, business plans, um, et cetera. They also manage the commercialization funding that we'll talk about um, a little bit later. We also have the finance and compliance team. So that's the team that does revenue collection and distribution, um, sort of actual contract compliance, making sure that our partners um, you know, perform as we agreed and we perform as agreed under our agreements and partnerships. Um, we also do a lot of um, data analytics and, and reporting as maybe required by the university, the state, uh, et cetera. So that's the team. Wow, that's a, a pretty good sized team. And and I'm curious with a, a team that size, if you wouldn't mind sharing with us maybe some of the statistics from your office for fiscal year 2021 in terms of new licenses, startup companies formed, invention disclosures, things like that. Sure. So we manage a very large portfolio. I, you know, I mentioned the metrics for the university in general. Um, so we manage a portfolio of nearly 1,200 technologies uh, or in, innovations. And um, at the present time, 43% of the portfolio is licensed, which is a significant increase over some years back. When we first started tracking that number, it was 26%. Oh, wow. So, yeah, we really, um, you know, spent some time understanding of the older stuff, what's really going to move forward? Should we let things go? Should we pick up the pace on trying to outlicense and commercialize some of the things that could be placed with a with an industry partner? So we manage over 800 licenses also. Um, 
We also have a turfgrass center that also manages um, some um, turfgrass-related re licenses. So the total licensing number is actually over 1,000 for Rutgers. Um, so some of the other uh, metrics include the licensing revenue for fiscal year 21. It was actually a record year for Rutgers. We had 42.6 million in licensing revenue. Congratulations. Um, That's awesome. Thank you. Yes, yes. It was it was a big win for us. Um, and we have a total number of um, 88 uh, startups. Actually, I think the number is higher at, at, at this point. And in fiscal year 21, we started five new companies. We signed over 400 total agreements. So that includes confidentiality agreements related to intellectual property, some amendments, et cetera, and 87 new licenses and options. Um, unfortunately, it was a, a record low year for us uh, for invention disclosures. I think that was um, probably the case for many institutions um, as a result of the pandemic, but we're working hard to understand why reaching out to our innovators and see how we can help them, uh, you know, focus on reporting their inventions. Now, Tatiana, I want to go back. You mentioned um, 88 startups formed. And I'm curious, could you tell us um, a little bit about how your office supports startups that come out of the university? Sure. So we have several services related to supporting and facilitating startups. Uh, we're currently actively developing relationships with accelerators and incubators and investors. And we're trying to sort of compartmentalize them uh, by technical area and stage of technologies that they may be interested in because there are some that are willing to look a really, really early stage and, and do um, pre-seed funding, angel funding. And then there are some that, you know, are looking at significantly further developed technology. So we may connect some of the existing or established companies with those um, investors. So the relationship building obviously is incredibly important and having a network uh, where we can constantly um, support our startup companies and continue with um, introductions. We also have uh, mentors and entrepreneurs um, in residence program. Um, and through that program, we provide a lot of um, mentoring to uh, innovators and researchers that are considering or interested in starting a company. Uh, we also provide assistance uh, with business plan development, uh, pitch decks. We also work with some companies that help with SBIR and SCTR grant application uh, writing. And we fund um, such efforts through our, our office. We also have a Genesis seed fund through our office, which is a very small pot of money to help the company get off the ground and um, help with some of the initial uh, legal expenses. Uh, we also help identify business founders. So we have a network of people that may be interested in, in being an early stage business founder, or maybe a part-time CEO for a company. Um, we also have some other commercialization funding, Tech Advance, Health Advance. Um, I think I'll talk a little bit more about it later. Rutgers is also now part of the i Hub, um, together with Princeton University. Um, we've had we've been an i site for um, many years, and the program was very well developed um, at, at Rutgers and very successful. We've gotten a lot of companies off the ground and provided a lot of education to different teams, diverse teams. Um, we also have a very strong partnership with the Rutgers Business School, and they have several um, entrepreneurship-related uh, uh, classes and 
um, clubs um, that are extremely active. Um, we have some fantastic uh, professors in the Rutgers Business School that are passionate about entrepreneurship and this space in general. Um, we also partner closely with the Rutgers Foundation um, that provides um, access to alumni networks um, that are interested in helping and uh, partnering with Rutgers innovators and entrepreneurs to provide feedback, um, introductions, um, maybe even funding on occasion as may be helpful. So there, there's a lot going on in this space, and this is definitely a space that we're very focused on um, developing better, um, more accessible, uh, diverse set of services to the community. There's definitely a lot going on there, Tatiana. And I want to go back to something you alluded to before. You mentioned something about the Genesis Seed Fund, and you also mentioned some other funding. So I wanted to ask you, could you tell us some more about uh, the funding opportunities or gap funding initiatives that Innovation Ventures has established for Rutgers Innovators or Rutgers startup companies? Sure. So um, we're very proud of our um, Tech Advance Fund. Um, the fund was put together in 2017, and it was seeded with some money that we got from partial royalty monetization in 2017. So Tech Advance is an early stage technology fund that provides financial support and commercial development expertise to Rutgers faculty, staff, and students to advance promising technologies towards the market. Um, as sort of a subset of that, um, Tech Advance uh, is Tech Express, and the difference is basically the amount of funding that's provided. But um, in both instances, uh, the requirement is that there's an invention disclosure, in some cases, a maybe a patent application filed. And there's a very important com component of having industry feedback. So we uh, facilitate conversations with industry about our technology. So somebody has an idea, they need to do some proof concept studies. Um, they work with our licensing team to evaluate the patentability, uh, et cetera. And then we go out to our industry network and to our mentors and we say, hey, we have a researcher that has the following idea. We think we need to do the following experiments. What do you think? And many times the feedback that we get is amazing and incredibly valuable. And then it helps us um, steer the research program um, just a little bit sort of in the right path to, um, to, to hopefully make it more successful. And um, so that's, that's the tech advance funding helps that helps support these um, efforts. And it can be up to 75,000, um, you know, per year, per project. Uh, we can, it, it can be renewable. Um, people can reapply. Uh, if if they meet the milestones. We also have a health advance fund, uh, which is also um, managed by our team within Innovation Ventures under the Rutgers Optimizes Innovation Program, which was actually established with a $4 million grant received under the NIH Research Evaluation and Commercialization Hub REACH initiative. Um, and the program aims to energize the innovation culture across all university campuses and speed up the translation of biomedical discoveries into commercially viable diagnostics, devices, therapeutics, and tools 
with the potential to improve health and patient care outcomes and train the next generation of innovators. So obviously that fits right into the tech advanced notion and what Innovation Ventures does. So we've been um, operating this um, program for over a couple of years. It's been incredibly successful. In fact, just this morning, we had a road to commercialization symposium which is part of the, you know, the educational component to train the next generation of innovators. And we had a record turnout um, of nearly 80 participants, just the participants in the program. So we're super thrilled by that. And then um, one more fund is the Genesis Seed Fund. Um, and that's the one that um, helps startup companies um, sort of jumpstart <laughs> um, by providing funds for specific tasks that enable commercialization process. Uh, maybe help attract interest from investors and industry partners. So that's a small amount of money um, that we provide that doesn't have to be repaid just to get the company really off the ground with some initial expenses. We also have some um, other commercialization funding and, and partnerships. We uh, work very closely with New Jersey Health Foundation um, that provide, they, they provide a lot of innovation uh, grants to um, Rutgers University. They provide some early stage startup investments um, through their foundation venture capital group. Uh, we are also partners with the QD program um, out of the University City Science Center in Philadelphia. So yeah, that's that's what we got. That's quite a bit that's going on. That's that's really impressive in terms of funding. Uh, and I'm curious, I want to switch gears a little bit, Tatiana, and, and ask you about external partners, whether they're corporate partners and or government partners and the role they play in tech transfer there at Rutgers. Can you share with us some relationships that, that you have with external partners? Sure. So, you know, previously, before we had the tech advance and health advance, um, we've always done the outreach to corporate partners, um, industry partners, trying to place the technology with a prospective licensee. And it's always been really important for us not just to, uh, you know, play, shop the technology around and hopefully place it with a with a licensee, but also to get feedback because we may be hopefully um, experts in the specific research area, but um Industry partners out there are experts in in the commercialization development uh, of of the early stage research idea into a product um, that's going to ultimately help help the world. Hopefully, so we've always known that that conversation with our partners is critical. Um, and tech advance and health advance programs really helped put a structure around that, where in order to get funding we require some feedback. And that really helped us build the network. And now we have people, um, whether it's, you know, industry contacts um, that, are, that have seen many of our technologies that are willing to talk to us and give us quick feedback on, on this idea or that idea. Um, also alumni, um, investors, and it's been really helpful. Um, we also work with uh, various foundations, um, you know, that may provide funding for specific disease areas. Obviously, as many um, folks do in the tech transfer space, uh, we also work with the traditional um, organizations like NIH, NCI, um, NSF for uh, many of their translational funding opportunities. So whenever there's a translational component, we try to, you know, jump right on and, and get in with the opportunity. 
Tatiana, a little earlier, you were when you were talking about your office, you mentioned that you have paralegals. You also have an in-house patent attorney. So I'm curious, could you share with us um, how you and your team work with outside counsel? Yes. Um, so that's another area where I think we're all very proud of the relationships that we've developed because working with um, outside counsel is extremely important. They're, they are our partners. And so understanding um, how to best work with each other is really critical. So we work with about 12 law firms um, at present because we have such a diversity of different technologies that we see, again, from physical sciences, engineering to um, agriculture, life sciences, just lots of different technologies. And so we need the breadth of um, experience and expertise. And we... Um, some time ago, established a fixed fee structure. And the way that we did it is we asked the law firms to provide what they think um, you know, things should cost. And um, surprisingly, um, many of them came back with very similar uh, numbers. So it was a relatively easy process to actually establish uh, what we thought was fair pricing for um, a fixed fee structure. Not everything is fixed fee, um, but some of the basic things and some of the things that we do the most. And that really simplified how we do our, you know, the, the billing and the invoices and, um, and all of that. The other thing that we did, um, which I think is really important and has been really helpful to the team is we invite law firms um, and attorneys that we work with to participate in our meetings on a rotating schedule. So we have what we call decision point meetings uh, when we receive an invention disclosure and we're deciding if we're going to file a patent application or not, or provisional patent application, we're deciding to go into the PCT or or not. So there are different decisions, DP1, 2, 3, 4. And um, for the DP1 meetings, we've invited um, law firms to come and either give a presentation on a different topic or um, provide some feedback on some of the technologies that we're discussing in, in real time. And that provides an opportunity for us to regularly meet uh, with the members of the law firm teams so that we um, get to know them. Everybody gets to know them, not just one person within the office that you know works with Lisa, for example, on a regular basis. But everybody gets to uh, meet and, and experience members of the law firm team. And we're constantly learning. And um, we're constantly getting the different perspective of the different attorneys working in the different areas and fields. So that's been really, really helpful um, to the team and to the relationships that we have. And then right now we're going through a process where we're actually going to our law firms and we're saying, hey, how are we doing? Um, do you like working with us? Um, is there anything that you think uh, we should change? And of course, we also use that as an opportunity to say some of the things that we would like to see uh, change in the relationship as well. So um, just being committed to that partnership um, and sharing feedback on a regular basis in terms of um, one of the really important things for me is when something is really not going to go anywhere, I would really like to know all of the potential problems early on. We can still maybe devise a strategy you know, how or why we're going to go forward. But I really appreciate this, the candid feedback, you know, this is not going to get anywhere. You're not going to get, you know, a viable claim for this technology early on. Yeah. And I, I think that's really in a very impressive program that you have. And what I really liked about it is there's a lot of communication between you, your team, your office and the law firms. 
And like you said, it's just not one person in your office working with one attorney in a firm. Everybody's getting to know them. And likewise, they, you, and everyone's building a comfort level and a trust level to be able to have those honest conversations. So I, I applaud you guys. That's, that's a really great um, program that you have. And I also think um, the fact that you're willing to ask for feedback from law firms too about things you can do better, because I, I can tell you as a patent attorney, we, we, I don't think I've ever actually even had that occur um, during my career. And and I think sometimes, you know, you don't realize um, some simple things you can do as a client to kind of improve. So congratulations. I think that's that's really a great program. Thank you. So, um, Tatiana, now what a lot of guests think is the fun part of the podcast, because I get to ask you about success stories in terms of anything you want to talk about, whether it's successful technology, startups, maybe your favorite top five or top 10, whatever you'd like to share with us. So one of the first uh, ones that comes to mind is Brainura. Um, Brainura is an enzyme replacement therapy um, that is delivered to the brains of affected individuals, um, unfortunately, in most cases, children, um, and it slows the progression of um, Batten's disease. It is the first approved enzyme replacement therapy administered direct, directly to the brain. Um, it was developed uh, in partnership with a company called Biomarin, um, and the researchers in the Rutgers side behind this technology are Peter LaBelle and David Sleet uh, within the Robert Wood Johnson Medical School. Another one that I like to also talk about are molecular beacon technology. Um, molecular beacons were invented by Rutgers researchers um, at the Public Health Research Institute. This technology has been licensed non-exclusively to over 70 different companies and laboratories around the world. And um, technology is used in many different diagnostic assays for infections, including HIV, TB, um, staph infections, and more recently, COVID infections. Um, and it is used as part of a PCR diagnostics, and it allows one to visualize the PCR uh, amplicons. Another one is the AMH assay uh, developed by Dr. David Seifer while at Rutgers uh, in partnership with Mass General uh, Hospital. And it's uh, a way to measure the level of anti-malarian hormone, which is an indicator of ovarian reserve uh, or the number of eggs in viability, uh, which may decline in age, with age uh, in women. So the test is particularly helpful in identifying good candidates, good um, egg candidates for in vitro fertilization, saving time and money for those that are trying to plan their families. We also, in the ag space, have a lot of exciting ag-related technologies that include uh, cranberries, uh, basil plants, um, hazelnut trees, um, turf grass. There are just so, so many. We obviously have a lot of physical science technologies that um, include different graphene technologies, uh, recycled plastic railroad ties. We have lots of software technologies, um, medical education content um, that was copyrighted and licensed to a, a company and bringing significant revenue. There are so, so many. This is just a teeny tiny sampling. Yeah, that that was a very impressive list. And and I think, uh, Tatiana, that leads me to ask, you know, with, with great success also comes challenges. And I'm curious, what are your office's two biggest challenges? I think it's really the same for many uh, institutions and and companies these days. And it's 
talent development and retention. That's one of them. Um, so I mentioned previously that we have um, an internship or a fellowship program, and I'm very passionate about that program. We've had it since 2009 and been really building on it over the years. Um, at any given time, we have about you know 10 to 20 fellows or interns in the office uh, with different backgrounds from um, STEM backgrounds to legal, business, communications backgrounds, um, software, uh, computer sciences backgrounds. And um, we have the conversation about career goals and development uh, early on. So the, the concept of growing uh, the team and developing the team professionally um, is, is very important and a continued process. Um, also, the hybrid working environment and how to stay connected within the hybrid working environment has been somewhat of a challenge, I would say, uh, on and off. You know, initially, uh, everybody going remote, that was a challenge with, you know, the kids and and just all the stress that went along with the pandemic in the beginning. And then coming back, obviously, that was also stressful. And um, many of us found that we were very um, efficient and productive at home. So it wasn't quite clear why we need to come back to the office in the first place. And then we started to feel this, just a bit of disconnect. Um, and then when we started seeing each other in person, we were reinvigorated and re-energized and, and really understood the importance of the human connection. So now, obviously, in the hybrid world, uh, which has so many benefits really for, I think, work-life balance, um, just figuring out what, what the proper balance is and, and how to um, stay involved, stay connected and stay inspired. So, and the other challenge, just one more challenge, we maybe I get three challenges, getting innovators to disclose their inventions. Um, I mentioned that last year was a record low year for us. And for a university of our size, um, we should be seeing a lot more inventions. So, just trying to understand why why it's happening, what's happening. Um, yeah. So Tatiana, I wanted to switch gears a little bit and ask you about diversity, equity, and inclusion, because this is a topic that's being discussed in tech transfer offices all around the world. And I'm curious, could you tell us what programs your office and Rutgers has to help and encourage and assist women and other traditionally underrepresented inventors and entrepreneurs? Sure. So, you know, there's the discussion around diversity um, of employees, you know, teams and partners, which also is incredibly important. And perhaps that's where it starts. Um, so in that regard, I'm proud to say that as a tech transfer office, we are incredibly diverse. Uh, we come from, I think, at least seven different countries. We speak over 10 languages. Oh, wow. Um, yes. Which comes in quite handy from time to time. I'm sure it does. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> So sometimes we don't even have to ask for a translation. We sort of walk down the hall and um, somebody knows the language. Very handy. Um, in terms of increasing diversity among inventors and entrepreneurs, um, obviously that's an incredibly important topic. And we hosted at the time the director of um, the USPTO, Andre Yanko, who um, we had a fantastic discussion with on, on this topic. Um, and we've been working hard to understand where we are in this space. Um, there's definitely a gap in terms of the representation, you know, the gender representation, the minority representation in, in inventors and entrepreneurs. Um, but 
I think we're maybe just a little bit behind in terms of um, just understanding where we are with that. We're still collecting data. We're definitely, there are definitely um, a lot of initiatives and programming uh, going on um, and, and planned that hopefully will reach a more diverse group of inventors and entrepreneurs. And throughout the university, there are many different um, opportunities. The i Hub, for example, uh, one of its focuses is having and attracting uh, female and minority instructors um, for the hub. And um, they also have a fellowship program specifically uh, geared to uh, minorities. So the Rutgers Business School has... Center for Women in Business. Uh, we have Rutgers Institute for Women in Leadership. Women Build uh, is a program out of Rutgers Business School, and it's a leadership program for undergraduate women in business. So there are many different prog- programs um, that are uh, in the either in the works or existing, um, and we're certainly going to be building on on all of them. Tatiana, I wanted to switch gears again and ask you, what organizations are you involved in and what value you think they add? So I would say probably the organization that we spend time with the most is Autumn. Um, and it's really been fantastic. And it's been really great to see the the growth and evolution um, that the organization has been going through over the past um, few years. I remember, you know, some time ago um, when I would visit the the annual meeting it was definitely great to you know meet people and network, but I feel like the the, the quality of the programming has really just grown tremendously, um, and it's it's been really great. And I think maybe uh, a part of the improved experience for me has been the fact that I've just been more involved, um, and members of my team have been more involved. So um, that's been really rewarding, and I'm looking forward to more of that. We're also involved with bio. Um, Bio um, International, Bio NJ within uh, within our state, also um, NJADA. Um, they're more local um, organization. They, I think we have um, some members of the LES um, and UIDP, um, but I would say Autumn is probably the one that we spend the most time with. Well, Tatiana, I generally like to close the podcast by asking my guests if they could have any three wishes granted or a vision realized for their office, what would that be? So at this point, um, I would really like for two to three new technologies to really take off um, in terms of being you know, approved as a product in the marketplace, in terms of revenues to the office and the school. Um, that would be very exciting to to see. I would also like to double the number of invention disclosures we have, Um, hopefully while having the budget and the people to handle the increase. But I think we can do it um, at this point. And um, to tie in with that, I would really like to have a bonus structure for the team, which I think is something that a lot of um, university tech transfer offices struggle with, um, probably don't have the bonus structure. But um, I'm, I'm hoping that we can come up with something in the future. I think it would be very helpful. Yeah, I agree with you. I think a bonus structure would be very, very helpful, especially given all that uh, individuals in tech transfer offices do, and it's such an important job. So good luck. I hope you can get that. Well, Tatiana, I can't thank you enough for all your insights and time today. This has been an absolute pleasure. I've really enjoyed having you on the podcast. If any of our listeners want to reach out and ask you any questions, where can they reach you? They can reach me. at litvintia 
at research at rutgers.edu or by going to our website, innovate.rutgers.edu. Thank you, Lisa. Great. Well, thank you so much again, Tatiana. It's been really great to have this opportunity to talk to you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Technology Transfer IP. Please visit us online for more resources at techtransferipforum.com. New to Tech Transfer or a seasoned pro? Autumn is the global member organization for Tech Transfer and is here to help you get connected, get smart, and get ahead. Whether you work in academia, research, government, business development, corporate engagement, or startups, Autumn is dedicated to supporting you through education, advocacy, networking, and promotion. Join and you'll receive 20 free live webinars, as well as meaningful discounts on meetings and courses, insider access to a vast network of colleagues to help you through challenges, and the line on new technologies and the university decision makers who license them. Membership is open for 2023. Join us.